Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson, Pathfinder 105, Equipment. In Pathfinder, you know, after you made your character, you're not just a ball of stats running around in the world. You have your equipment on your character. That actually is a big portion of who your character is. It can change the way your character acts. It can change the things that he actually does, and it can help enhance the things that he already does well. I gotta say, the, the mental image you've given me of a ball of stats as my <laughs> character is something that has inspired me and is now going to be my next character. <laughs> He's so, a big number painted on his chest. <laughs> yep. Everyone's going to be like, I'm a tall, dark, brooding man with red eyes and long black hair that falls over my face. You can't even notice them. And you look at me and you think I'm mysterious and awesome at the same time. And you think I'm too cool to talk to, but you're going to try to anyway. And I'm like, I'm a ball of stats. <laughs> just numbers, just kind of like, you're like, is this a fifth dimensional object in a three dimensional world? I don't know how to perceive this. I don't have the int to really understand the fifth dimension. <laughs> but my charisma is off the charts. How you know? It's printed right there. You can just see it, charisma 19. <laughs> you're attracted to this ball of stats. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not. Now, now I got equipment hanging all over me. Like a yeah, you're like a ball of stats with rope and. I'm hooks. a Christmas tree. I've got <laughs> decorations everywhere. So there's different stats that, of course, you go through with the game. With weapons uh, are very important. Your armor also also very important. And there, and there, there's interplay between the stats and the equipment. They obviously rely on each other. Higher strength means you're more effective with weapons and things like that. Right. And then you have different things like magic items and just other general equipment. So we're going to go over those things, uh, help you guys to learn exactly how to look at like a stat sheet. Speaking of stats, a stat sheet for the weapons and know mm -hmm. how to read that. Yeah, so let's jump right into weapons. You're going to want to pick up a weapon regardless of which class you are. You know, if you run out of spells as a wizard, you're going to be glad you have that quarterstaff lying around. And sometimes they're just helpful to cut out of ropes and things just to have a dagger. You know, generally as a GM, I'm not very excited when my wizard starts pulling out a dagger. I'm like, <laughs> oh great, now you're running into the front and you're going to die and you're not going to hit. Unless we're fighting a goblin. Hey, he can buff himself. He could be a transmutation wizard and have like high as hell strength. He could be a swolcerer. That is a very good point. <laughs> you're going to look at the weapon block in the core rulebook or on any of the many websites that have all these things on them and you're going to first notice that it's broken into three major categories simple weapons martial weapons and exotic weapons so exotic weapons are the kind of things you'd get from extremerestraints.com those are exotic <laughs> weapons <laughs> yeah they they have to go through the ban list and you have to import that's them. right that's right that's right <laughs> there's uh, a lot of logistics involved that's in right. getting an exotic weapon no everyone has simple weapon proficiency i can't think of a single class that I, doesn't wizard have has it. limited simple weapon proficiency like they only get the quarterstaff and the club and the dagger and that's like, good <laughs> that's all you get simple weapons are what they sound like almost Everyone can use everyone can use some of them. Almost everyone has the entire list of simple weapons they can equip. You and I can use a dagger. We yeah. can figure it out. I could use it. <laughs> they tend to be weapons like as they suggest are simple. Like there's no bladed because weapons because you kind of have to be trained to use a blade. There's maces and there's daggers which you can just kind of shiv someone with. There's you know your quarter staff. They're not great weapons. The difference between simple weapons and martial weapons is usually that. Their counterparts will deal a little bit less damage, they'll have less of a critical multiplier. Two stats that we'll be looking at later. Mm -hmm. So when you look at martial weapon, you're thinking, this is the guy, the, this is the weapon the knight is holding. This is the long sword, this is the great axe, this is the mace. 
this is something they were probably trained in how to use. They trained for a long time and they went through a regiment and now they know how to use this equipment. Your NPC will hurt himself with these weapons. He picks up a flail and all of a sudden he's hitting Granny sitting on the counter trying to make some coffee. Why she was sitting on the counter, no one really knows. She should probably be standing <laughs> at the counter. But that's what she was doing. Hey, listen, I'm a creative GM. He's like, I want to disarm that coffee from her hand and drink it for myself. <laughs> Sunder the cup. I also want to trip her off that counter. <laughs> and then he ends up hitting himself in the face. Yeah. Martial weapons. And then, of course, there is exotic weapons. This is something like the monk has special things that you've never seen before. Ooh, ah. They're from the east. Ooh, ah. <laughs> the east is somehow also the east in this world. Yes, Ooh, tea and shoe ah. is to the east of everyone else, and America is also to the west, so right. we're in Europe. <laughs> and it's something that uh, specifically also fits in the exotic category is firearms. Like most classes, the, you know, some have simple weapons, some have simple and martial. Some will have a few exotic weapons on their list, and they'll be listed individually. If you want to get an exotic weapon and be able to use it well, you have to take the feat, exotic weapon proficiency, with the weapon you want to use. Right. Generally, I don't think there's any class that gets all of the exotic weapons. No. They're so exotic that only certain people get them. You can't master them all. They're so exotic. <laughs> you can't master that ball and chain on a bladed chain, monk weapon, kurosagama, however you pronounce it. So you'll see it's the very first thing. It'll tell you what proficiency you need. So then you can go into what class the weapon is. This is light, one-handed, two-handed, and ranged. And these are in each of the weapon categories. So, you know, you have simple weapons, and in the simple weapons category, you have light simple weapons, one-handed simple weapons, two-handed simple weapons, and ranged simple weapons. And then that follows for each type of weapon category. Light weapons are like they sound. They're very light. They don't weigh very much. They can really only be used in one hand. You can't put two hands on them and get a damage bonus. This is your dagger. This is your one-handed axe. Right. And you can also wield them in your offhand with less of a penalty if you are fighting with two different weapons. Then you have your one-handed weapon, which is you can wield it with one hand, get the full bonuses from it. But if you wield it with second hand, you get to add your strength modifier to damage. Mm -hmm. You can't throw a one-handed weapon in your offhand without taking a further penalty than if it were a light weapon. Then you have your two-handed weapons, just like they sound like. They can only be held in two hands, and when you hold them in two hands, you get that damage bonus one and a half times your strength. Right. And if you only use them one hand, you can, but you take a lot of penalties. Yeah. You're wielding the bastard sword one hand. You're going to be dragging it behind you like that guy in Silent Hill. <laughs> it's not going to work out for you. Then there's range. Now, this is like your grab your crossbow and shoot at the guy kind of weapon. Yeah, these are dedicated range weapons. Some of the other categories, two-handed, one-handed, will have weapons that can be thrown, but they're not dedicated range weapons. These are your blow guns and your slings and your bows and guns and things like that. Right. When you look at weapon stats, you're going to see a couple categories. The first thing you're going to see is the cost, which is how much cost for it. Then you're going to see the damage. This is what you will roll to hurt the opponent if you do hurt the opponent. This is the this is the thing that you are um, you're finally using the other dice than the d20. Exactly. Yay! <laughs> Six sided die. Oh, this is so weird. <laughs> You'll notice the table will have two different damages. It'll say damage S and then damage M. This stands for small and medium. You need equipment specifically sized for your character. So if you're playing a gnome, you're not going to use the same size sword that a human uses. You're going to have the small version, which deals less damage. So you'll always see that pattern, small weapons, damage S always deal less damage than dam um, damage M. That's right. Let's talk about how you read the weapon damage. If I see one D4, that means I'm rolling a D4 once. If I see, and then when you add that weapon, you're going to add your base attack bonus and all that. You're going to see plus something. It'll be 1d4 plus 3. You roll a d4, whatever number shows up, you add 3 to it. This, if it says 3d6, then you roll a d6 three times. And you add that bonus at the end, not to each one. This is a critical. This is how much 
damage you do on a critical. Times two is generally the theme, but once in a while you'll get something more. Like firearms are almost always times four. Some will be times three. And then this is also the critical threat range of the weapon. You'll notice some say something like 19-20 times two. That means that you can crit if you roll a 19. Uh, the ranges are 20, 19 to 20, and the highest you can get or the best you can get is 18 to 20. Be careful. When you roll a 19, it's not an automatic hit. But if it is a hit, it will be a critical. Right. And then you have to confirm afterward. You'll notice themes to these. Like, for instance, all sword type weapons are 19 to 20 times 2. Your dagger, your short sword, your long sword, your bastard sword, your great sword, all 19 to 20 times 2. Similarly, all axes will usually be a times 3 multiplier. Nothing to dedicate to memory, but know that there is reason behind all of these. They right. tend to fit into a type of critical category. Right. Then you have range, and this is how far, if you have a, a ranged weapon that's not melee, how far you can hit somebody without taking any sort of penalties. Right. This isn't a definitive range. So if we look at light crossbow, the light crossbow's range is 80 feet. That doesn't mean after 80 feet that the bolt just disappears. That This is actually the range increment, meaning that every 80 feet away someone is, you're going to take a penalty. So if they're 80 feet or closer, you shoot at them like normal. If they're between 80 and then the next range increment, which would be 160, you'll just take a minus 2 on your attack roll. And then, you know, 160 to 240, you'll take a minus 4, a cumulative minus 2 for each category. Right. And then the farthest away you can ever fire is 10 times the range increment. Which always covers the entire map. You yeah. never have you, You'll rarely cover these instances. Your DM might be like, you see something off in the distance, and you'd be like, oh, I'm going to shoot an arrow at it. <laughs> and like, this is here to make sure that doesn't work. Because <laughs> you need to meet that character. That's why we put him there. And when the dragon flies away at his 400 feet around, running away, you can be like, I'm going to try and snipe him. And hope you roll really high because you're taking a lot you of hit him in the eye. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he wasn't even facing you. How'd you do that? <laughs> you called shot it. PCs. <laughs> and then there's weight. It's just how much it weighs this is for encumbrance stats but nobody uses them <laughs> if it's if you do do encumbrance stats i like to keep it realistic like don't have a bunch of 20 pound weapons on you mm -hmm. at a time it's kind of silly unless you're really really strong but yeah it's just the weight so if so if you keep track of encumbrance keep track of that the next thing you'll see is type and this is the type of damage your weapon does you'll see a single letter uh for each one you got piercings you got p for piercing you got s for slashing slashing you got b for bludgeoning some of them say b or p or they'll have an or between two letters meaning that they can deal either or or b and p which means they deal both at the same time right to note natural weapons bites all three types bludgeoning piercing and slashing for the win yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah other uh, type is ftw <laughs> And then sometimes there's something special about them, and you read about each specific one, like a, a there's double weapons that mm -hmm. you can attack with both sides if you hold them in a special way. There's just things that give you a bonus to trip maneuvers. Or so each one has, there's almost everything has something special about it. Let's just go through them all real quick, because this, this is the last thing you're going to see on the weapon stat sheet, that special weapon property. So some of the ones we're going to be reading off of are from later books. If you have the core rulebook, they're not going to all be in here, but we're just going to go through all the ones listed on the SRD. There's blocking. When you use this weapon to fight defensively, you get a plus one bonus to AC. There's brace. If you take a readied action, 
against an enemy who's charging you, you deal double damage if you successfully hit them. Pretty much go, I'm at a crit machine. Yeah. There's deadly when you use this weapon to deliver a coup de gras. Look at me, I can pronounce things. <laughs> it's a plus four bonus to the DC of the fortitude save to stay alive from it. Because, you know, when you coup de gras someone, they should... You know, you need this extra... You don't need this. What? You I need to make it even harder to yeah. survive. Yeah. You, when you, someone gets coup de gras, they probably shouldn't be living Guys, anywhere. a lot of these are stupid. I'm going to be honest. Uh, this, is one, this is one of the dumbest ones. Anyway. There's a lot of stupid ones, guys. <laughs> a weapon that says disarm, that means when you use this weapon to try to, try to disarm someone else of their weapon, you get a plus two bonus on your combat maneuver check. That's right. There's a couple of uh, these you'll find here, kind of the same theme. There's distracting, where you get a plus two bonus uh, to feign in combat when wielding the weapon. Double weapon, meaning you can use this weapon like your two-weapon fighting. Usually it has two ends, and then you'd have to, you know, enchant both ends separately, but we won't get into that right now. A fragile weapon, which pretty much breaks easier if you roll a natural one with the weapon. The weapon breaks and grants the broken condition. There is a grapple, which means that on a successful crit on the weapon, you can try to grapple the person as a free action. A monk weapon can be used to perform a flurry of blows. Non-lethal weapons deal non-lethal damage only. Surprise. Performance. When wielding this weapon, you can make a combat maneuver to make a performance check, and you get a bonus on that. Listen, guys, nobody uses performance. <laughs> That's the gladiator um, weapon performances stuff. It's God. when you're trying to impress a crowd with your weapon. God, guys, no one uses this stuff. <laughs> and there's, like, a whole archetype, by the way, to, be, to like, get bonuses on all that stuff. If, if you're doing, like, a WWF <laughs> Worldwide Federation yes. Pathfinder, I'd love to do that with this. But for general purposes, you don't really use performance combat. Guys, there's a whole archetype. There's, like, <laughs> like... It means I'm kind of okay at this one thing when we do it, which is we never don't. That's not don't take that archetype. <laughs> Be like a really, really edgy character. Like, oh no, it's Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Guys, don't do it. Reach weapons means that you can strike opponents ten feet away, but you can't use it to attack people who are adjacent to you. That's important to remember. Which means you don't threaten people directly adjacent to you either, unless you have some other weapon equipped. Maybe you don't. Sunder, which gives you a plus two bonus on combat maneuver checks to Sunder. And trip weapons. If you try to trip someone with this weapon and you fail, instead of them trying to trip you back, you can just drop the weapon. Noise. Yeah, drop my weapon. Yeah. What are you do now? <laughs> All of a sudden, magic hands. <laughs> You're like, I tried to wrap my I was whip. a mage the whole time. <laughs> I tried to wrap my whip around your ankle, and you were like, ha-ha. And I was like, ha-ha, it's on the floor. <laughs> and now you have a, a whip on your ankle. <laughs> Makes you look absolutely silly, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm running away, and you're going to fall over it like a, trip, like a shoelace untied. All part of the master plan. The trip that keeps on tripping. <laughs> and now you have everything you need to know about weapons. We're going to go over a few other rules when it comes to wielding certain weapons. Like, for instance, if you try to use a weapon that is not sized for you, a weapon that's too small or too big, you take a minus two penalty on all attack rolls with that weapon for every size it is out of reach of you. So if you're a medium creature using a small weapon, you take a minus two. You guys thought raiding that goblin treasure hoard was going to be so great, and then you realized everything is small. <laughs> I can't even get this ring on my finger. It's, That's a, it's a toe ring. <laughs> it's a toe. Are there toe ring slots? There's a halfling feat to do that. Okay, guys, just wait a moment because we're going to get to that. And that's exciting. <laughs> uh, if you are a medium creature trying to use a tiny weapon, so it goes medium, small, tiny. Uh, if you're trying to use a tiny weapon, you take a cumulative minus four on your attack rolls. Ouch. Also, to note, the weapon changes category. So, for instance, if you were a medium creature and say you try to use... A longsword, which is a one-handed weapon for a large creature, it is now a two-handed weapon for you because it's so big you can't wield it in one hand. Right. Improvised weapons are pretty much never used ever, ever. 
and unless if you do want to be good with them, take a million feats and use all your feats to be good at them. <laughs> but improvised weapons, now that you know my opinion, let me tell you the facts. Improvised weapons are pretty much like, oh, yep. I'm in a bar fight. I use the, the mug. mug of beer to smash across <laughs> his face. And pretty much what you do for that, that's kind of like your, your GM gets here. He says, what is this weapon most similar to? And then you get the stats for that weapon. But unless you have a feat, you take the penalty. Yeah, minus four on the attack roll. And then your DM would be like, uh, I don't know, the mug of beer, that's probably like, what, a light mace? So treat it like a light mace with a minus four penalty on the attack roll. And all improvised weapons have a critical hit range of only 20, and the damage is always doubled, and the range increment of anything you're going to throw is always 10 feet. If your weapon happens to break, um, you attack, get attacked by a rust monster, or you get really angry and snap it over your knee, you take a minus two penalty on attack and damage rolls while your weapon is broken. I like that second one. I got so angry the dragon left, I broke my greatsword. <laughs> I just whoosh, crossed the knee, and boy, I'm an angry barbarian. What are you going to do now, Ugdrag? Shut up! <laughs> Time for improvised weapons! <laughs> Also, um, just like improvised weapons, now you can only crit on a natural 20, and you only deal times two damage. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, sad face. Now, another kind of thing I want to go over there is uh, guns, firearms of any kind. They uh, kind of have a little bit of special rules because you're talking about um, misfires here. Guns can misfire on a one, or I think for uh, larger ones, it's a one to four, one to two. One, one to two, and then it gets bigger if you're using like a paper cartridge. Right. It can increase it. So be careful that if you misfire against the broken condition, if you misfire it when it's something's broken, it's completely destroyed. Another thing I want to talk about that's a little weird is reloading. When you're reloading a crossbow, reloading a gun, what kind of action is that taking all that? Generally, uh, you don't consider like when you're using a bow and arrow, putting a, a notching a bow. It's not. It's like not even a free it's action. It's a free action. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just assumed you do it. Uh, so don't worry about that. But we're reloading like uh, the crossbow. The bigger they are, the bigger action it'll take. If you have a hand crossbow, it's just a move, move action. If you have a light crossbow, it's, it's also a move. If you have a uh, heavy crossbow, now you got to do the standard. Weapons, they're a little bit harder to reload. So you have a you have a pistol, that's going to take a standard action. You have a rifle, that's going to take a full round action. And all these things can be mitigated with different feats. Right. So I think we totally should have mentioned earlier, um, what if you're not proficient with a weapon? Can you just not pick it up? Can you try it? Can you just not try to hit somebody with it? No, never. Next question. Oh, but I really want to use that bastard sword. <laughs> fine, I'm here the, fine, here's some rules for it. <laughs> uh, you just take a minus four on your attack roll if you try to use a weapon you're not proficient in. Right, so pretty much you, you will incur the wrath of all the other players saying, why aren't you hitting anything? <laughs> well, if it's a gun, you're still hitting touch AC, so... That's true, that's true. Unless there's a rule against And you're that. still doing almost no damage. <laughs> there's probably a rule against that anyway. Anyway, so that's all you need to know about weapons and stat blocks of weapons when you equip your character. Yay! Now let's go to something a little less complicated, armor. It can be complicated sometimes. Armor... Nope, just put it on. Game over. Next thing. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> you lose, BBEG. <laughs> I found myself some leather. <laughs> categories of armor there's light medium and heavy and there's also shields right there's no simple martial you know whatever so let's just go over looking at the stat block so first you can have the name next how much it cost pretty simple you can figure that out but now there's armored shield bonus what does this mean it means this is this is this is why you're wearing the armor more <laughs> ac yay whatever it says plus Next to the armor shield bonus, plus one, plus two, whatever. You get that much armor to your AC. It's an armor bonus. This adds to my touch AC, right? No. Oh. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Go find some magical headband of crap, okay? Because this ain't working for you. Now, keep in mind, it is an armor bonus. So if you cast a spell or something that gives you an armor bonus and you're already wearing armor, it doesn't stack. 
This is a plus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, plus whatever armor bonus. Yep. Good rule for bonuses is if they're both the same kind of bonuses, they won't stack. Right. Next, you have what is called the max dex bonus. And this probably isn't going to make a lot of sense at first. It takes a little bit to understand. But when you calculate your AC, it is 10 plus your armor bonus plus your dexterity modifier, plus any other relevant stuff, shields, deflection bonuses, yada, yada, yada. So let's look at something with a really low dex bonus. Let's look at full plate. Full plate gives you plus nine armor bonus. It has a plus one max dex bonus. Let's say I have a character who has 14 dexterity. I have a plus two bonus. Right. So when you're not wearing armor, your AC is 10, plus your armor bonus, which you don't have any, plus your dexterity modifier, which is two. So you have 12 AC when you're not wearing this full plate. Now, I'm going to slap on that full plate. Just slap it right Yeah. Armored! Now. And fabulous. <laughs> now, we, like I said, full plate gives you a plus nine to your AC armor bonus. And we said that we had a plus 12 when we weren't wearing the armor. And you might immediately think that that gives you 21 AC, but it doesn't. This is where the max dex bonus comes in. Since it only says plus one, that means that your dexterity is capped at a plus one when calculating your AC, mm. meaning that the most AC you can have is 20, um, barring, you know, every other type of bonus there is. Right. Similarly, you know, if we look at Splint Mail, it has a maximum dex bonus of plus zero. So you could have 20 dexterity and you still only get the plus seven armor bonus. You still mm. only have 17 AC when you're wearing that. And this can be mitigated with certain enchantments, uh, making it out of certain materials. That kind right. Of thing. Making it out of mithril makes it very light and easy to move around in. will increase the maximum dexterity bonus. Right. Which we'll mention mithril later because it's actually very important. Then use your armor check penalty. Now, there's certain things, uh, certain skill checks that get penalties depending on the armor you're wearing. So if you're wearing uh, a hide shirt, the, the, the uh, armor check penalty is minus one. So there's something like climb you get a minus one. So if your climb is eight, now it's only seven while you're wearing your armor. Right. This uh, applies to most things that involve movement, acrobatics, climb, swim, stealth. Disable device for some reason. I guess armor would get in the way of doing stuff. The guy in full plate mail isn't doing acrobatics. He's not jumping around, doing backflips, climbing up trees, and swimming real well. That's the idea. He can if he enchants it well enough, but you typically know. Right. Next now is arcane spell failure chance. If you are not... A wizard or a sorcerer, basically this doesn't matter. Or any arcane casting class, meaning that if you're a divine casting class, you don't care. If you don't have spells, you don't care. But if you are an arcane casting class, what does this mean? This means that when you wear this armor, um, you have a percent chance to just fail whatever spell you're trying to cast. And lose it. And lose as it, exactly. cast it. Yeah, so you don't want to slap on armor as a wizard. because no, You're not a wizard walking around full plate and all going, Fireball! Fireball! <laughs> oh, God, his armor. I can't hit him! <laughs> uh, they, the percent chances of failure vary from armor to armor. A lot of classes will give you the ability to cast while wearing armor. For instance, bards. Bards can wear light armor and still be able to cast and ignore the arcane spell failure chance. And then there's there's speed, which is how fast you can move when you donned it. Right. So medium armor is obviously going to weigh you down. Uh, heavy armor is going to weigh you down as well. Light armor, never. Nope. 
Then there's weight, and this is how much it weighs. This is again for encumbrance. And that's that's really it. So armors are a bit more simple. Now let's go over the other rules with armor, and let's jump right into the non-proficiency bonus. So when your class is proficient with armor, what does it mean if you try to wear armor you're not proficient in? If you wear armor or a shield that you're not proficient in, you take the check penalty, so the minus two or whatever, instead of just taking it on those specific checks mentioned, you take it on basically everything. You take it on your attack rolls, as well as any dex and strength-based ability skill checks. Right, that's a lot. Yeah, that's pretty... That you, So you basically don't want to do that. You don't want to slap on that full plate, because that full plate has, you know, a minus six. I want to talk about shields. When you have a shield equipped, you can't use that arm for anything else, except for a buckler shield, at all. It's, it is strapped to your arm. You're, like, holding onto the handle, and it's strapped to your arm. That hand is entirely now a shield. There's no holding a bastard sword with two hands. Everything is one hand from now on. And again, the exception to that rule is the buckler, which is just kind of slapped on your forearm. And you can wield some other things with a small penalty. Now, this um, non-proficiency rule is interesting because it says that you take the check penalty on these other things. So if you don't have a check penalty with that armor or shield, you can uh, effectively wear it with no real penalty. Uh, This comes into play with shields. Whenever you make a shield or armor masterwork, you reduce the armor check penalty by one. And that just means you pay another, uh, like, 150 gold just to make the armor look nice and be real nice. Mm -hmm. You reduce the armor check penalty by one when you make something masterwork. This reduces a lot of the shields to zero check penalty. So even if you don't have shield proficiency, you can still slap on a buckler or a light shield Mm -hmm. and wear it effectively. That's right. It's a nice little workaround. Uh, You shouldn't be sleeping in particularly heavy armor. With light armor, you don't take any sort of penalty, but if you sleep in medium or heavy armor, you are fatigued when you wake up. Fatigued sucks. It does, because it does not go away until you rest for eight hours. So that whole day, you're, you're, you're crabby. Or, you know, someone casts loss of restoration, but that's spellcasters. Is there, like, a, a, a feat or something you could take to sleep in heavy armor? Yes, endurance. So, like a weapon, your armor can get damaged. Someone can sunder you like a complete jerk, or you can fight another rust monster because your AC, your DM is a jerk. So if you're a someone's jerk somewhere, if your armor gets broken. <laughs> so if your armor ever gets broken, the armor bonus is halved, and the uh, the check penalty is doubled. Right, it's bad. Yeah, that's really bad. And you round down when you have that, so you better watch out. Getting into and getting out of armor, or donning and doffing, if you want to say doff, which I do as often as I can. Is that a word? It is. Is it real? It is. It is, absolutely. I believe you. It's, it's a good word to have. Let's just go over what kind of actions it takes to don specific kind of armors. There's donning, there's donning hastily, and then there's removing. Uh, donning quickly, though you can get it on faster, you get one less AC from it, and your armor check penalty goes up by one. So if you're ambushed in the middle of the night and you have to scramble to get your armor and stuff on, you're going to be taking a penalty. Right. So shields, to don them is a move action. To don hastily, not even action. Can't do it. And remove is one move action. For most light armors... Falling into the category of padded, leather, hide, studded, or chain shirt. To equip this effectively, you need a minute. And then to remove it, you need a minute. But if you want to don it hastily and take those penalties, it takes five rounds. Which is half the time of one minute, actually. Because a round is ten. Or ten rounds is a minute. Right. So that's six seconds. So six times five. Yeah. Dirty. Got it. Bam, you're right. <laughs> 30 seconds to slap on that armor. So yeah, that's 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 actually pretty significant if you get ambushed in the middle of the night you right. can't just you're not gonna give you 30 seconds to put your armor on right then there's the uh, medium kind of armors breastplate scale mail chain mail banded mail splint mail if it has mail on it it's yours and uh you get it oh some of those are heavy armor actually splint and banded are heavy so it actually goes by 
specific ones, not categories. Right. Uh, to don them takes four minutes. To doff them takes a minute. And don it hastily only takes one minute. Well, four minutes. You got to put on all that stuff, man. Yeah. It's an undershirt that goes with that. I got to pick out the right one to complement the color <laughs> of what my outfit is today, sir. What are the PCs? We look dashing wherever we go. Did I mention my hair? <laughs> Have you seen the drawing we've made? <laughs> and then there's half plate or full plate. This to dawn takes four minutes to doth is 1d4 plus one minute. So it's a variable time, <laughs> which is lovely to know that like one day it could take five minutes one day it could take two minutes yep and to don it hastily um also takes four minutes the difference being that to don it regularly you need someone else helping you to put on full plate that stuff is heavy and it needs to be tied around you and it's you know someone needs to adjust your girder and things like that if you don't have anyone to help you you can only don it hastily meaning you're going to have one less armor bonus and you're going to have one more armor check penalty you can also help somebody put on the breastplate scale mail chain mail banded mail or split mail or take off the padded leather high studded leather or chain shirt to half the time but not everything else i'm not i'm not, helping I, you put on I'm not sure why we went through that whole table because i don't think i've ever considered that in any game i'm not helping you put on your shield <laughs> i can't the rules won't let me come uh, on the cod pee i need help with the cod piece <laughs> okay <laughs> but just this once <laughs> If you happen to need to buy armor for, like, an animal companion or something that's basically non-humanoid, you have to get what's called barding, which just means armor made for animals. Long story short, it costs more money. That's all you really need to know about it. Yep. So everything presented on the table is, like, the base material, steel, iron, whatever you make it out of. But there are special materials you can make weapons and armor out of that have special properties, some that we want to bring up. You can always look up the table yourself, see what they do, but there's some that actually make a really big difference in how you play the game and how you build your character moving into the future. Uh, some of them just overcome DR. There's a couple of them that do that. Like, there's all freaking, I think it's Fey, don't like cold iron. Right. Um, Adamantine, I believe, comes o overcomes the most difficult DRs. Right. If there's anything that's like pretty much an object, it's going to just wreck, wreck it. Alchemical Silver also overcomes is another one that overcomes DR. Those are the big important ones when it comes to weapons. When it comes to armor, the number one most important one is Mithril. Mithril is the be-all, end-all of making your armor out of. It is more expensive per pound. It A is lot. pretty expensive. But what it does is it reduces the armor check penalty by 2. It reduces the spell figure chance by 10%. And... It counts as one category lighter when you're wearing it. So if you make a medium armor out of Mithril, it technically is a light armor. You still need to have medium armor proficiency to wear it, but it doesn't slow you down and otherwise counts as light armor. That's right. Now, there's also some things that work together. Fireforge Steel and Frostforge Steel, they like help you resist certain effects, but they also, if you have a Fireforged weapon and a Fireforged armor, you can work together to do bonus damage. It's actually kind of cool. It's a, it's an interesting little thing. Like, you light on fire and it glows like it's being forged, and you do <laughs> extra fire damage. You're like, on, it's like you're walking through like a superheated metal all the time. But so there's, there's other things like that you can get through. Some things are just aesthetic. Gold plated means nothing other than now you're a target for people who want to rob you. <laughs> oh, another important armor. We mentioned it for weapons, but for armor, adamantine. Light armor made from adamantine gets DR1 with nothing overcoming it. Medium armor gets DR2 and heavy armor gets DR3, meaning you permanently take that much less damage from all attacks. Try to sunder me. Just try it. Yeah, like then they have to sunder through adamantine. Your armor is unstoppable. Yeah, 
It's cool, but it's not like Mithril. It's not light anymore. It's still yeah, you, and you can't stack these. You can't make it from like Mithril adamantine. Wow, edgy. I, listen, guys, we all know it's it's supposed to be adamantium, but they just changed I the word. I told you I need hooked on phonics. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're saying it right. Oh, we, I am. We, yeah, we we know that they stole it from adamantium from X Men, right? We all know that. Oh yeah, the chicken oh, or the egg. It was Wolverine. <laughs> metal that can't break. Adamantine. <laughs> <laughs> there's stuff that you can like uh to make iron wood it acts like metal even though it's wood meaning druids can wear it living steel stuff that self-repairs different things like that if you want to be really really fancy you can make your weapon out of gold and make it look really cool but also be you effectively useless because useless. it deals like half damage or something <laughs> and there's enchantments that you can add to any armor or weapon and there's a kajillion of them out there we'll go over them in extra credit and they're super special and awesome they they're they're what make you want to go get better weapons like yeah i could just slash you or i could slash you set you on fire and then freeze you with my dagger <laughs> and now you're a frozen fire and I'm going to sell that crap because Frozen Fire is awesome. Icy hot. Oh, no. Shaq has come to destroy <laughs> us. <laughs> now, there's normal equipment. This is I have three torches in my pouch and 50 feet of rope and a satchel and a bedroll and other crap. That's normal stuff. And there's a kajillion things. That's the actual number I counted. A kajillion <laughs> things that you can get from skeleton keys to heat stones. There's a billion things out there. Look it up. There's if you can think of something, there's probably an improved version of it. Why do I need a torch when I can get a sunrod? <laughs> or yeah. an ever-burning torch for like a hundred gold. What's this? A rope? Y'all, this rope's made from the elves. Ooh. <laughs> it's, ew, it's made from elves? No, no it's not actually. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> why would you do that? Is it, is it made from elves? Meat rope? Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, I'm refusing Peter. <laughs> An elf named Peter. Uh, there's nothing he didn't have a creative name his parents weren't very smart it was his first game <laughs> he didn't want to be too edgy so he just named himself Peter not like this not like this it was made from his hair that epic hair <laughs> there's really nothing special to know about equipment like Caleb said there's a lot of it but there's no you know factored form for how equipment appears it all does its own stuff generally the only thing you're going to see when you look at the stats quote unquote for it is the cost and the weight yeah the only thing you need to worry about is i can't have a million things i mean usually like you can't have your 10 foot pole and your portable bridge right, and your portable right, right. battering ram and your wagon now i'm not a pile of stats now i'm a pile <laughs> of equipment i'm just this big backpack that somehow moves <laughs> and generally this is kind of a interesting thing when it comes to the role-playing sphere you everyone's carrying around an adventuring pack with them but kind of like when I picture my guy fighting, I don't picture a big pack on his back. Right. But the beginning of the fight, I don't go, I put my pack down. <laughs> you know what I mean? The guy comes over and steals it. It's kind of something that's kind of there, but I don't think a lot of times it's really addressed. Right. I agree. Now, there's some staple equipment that you really want to grab. Ropes. Ropes. Please get rope. Get so much rope. You There's so much ridiculously good use for rope before you can fly. Be like, be like, uh... Get a grappling hook for your rope. Shoot it out of your bow. Like, you can do so much cool stuff with rope. Listen, think outside the box. Ghost Rider. Wraps it around your body. Don't even take up room in your pack. Wrap it around your fist. Dunk it in water and punch someone. That's a weapon. That's Don't a thing. lay on fire. Oh, gosh. <laughs> My hand's on fire. You don't, Why did I do this? <laughs> you don't need to be a wizard to make fire weapons. You can just light your hand on fire and punch someone. Someone help me <laughs> it's spreading why did i wear these clothes light armor is so flammable <laughs> wait it's fireforged steel my my gauntlet yes extra damage you always want rope 
You know, most people say bring marbles because you can use them to trigger some traps. Bring chalk so you can mark stuff along the dungeon walls. Bring torches so that people who aren't the edgy dark vision characters can see. Bring your mom. Make home-cooked meals wherever you go. You can bring home-cooked meals. That's a thing. That's a thing you can <laughs> There's bring. There's stats for it. Sometimes I'm like, when I'm playing the game, I'm just like, you know, we kind of like gloss over eating because like who cares? Right. Sometimes you talk about it. But when I'm like going through like a bunch of gear, I'm like, ooh, honey, I'm making this a thing. <laughs> and like, this is a thing about my character now. Now part of his motivation is honey. And it's like, I take out my jar of honey at every moment. It's like, we're in the middle of a fight, dude. I eat it. Oh, I feel so much stronger. <laughs> you know, you know, Caleb, I'm not going to give you any stat bonuses. I feel stronger. And I go after that guy thinking I'm getting a plus one bonus that honey. <laughs> oh, no, he's trapped in these masterwork manacles. I'll just lather honey around his <laughs> wrist to help him break out. It's not grease. What are you doing? <laughs> it's actually sticky, Caleb. He breaks out plus one bonus. <laughs> I'm the worst kind of player. But in the end, someone steals my honey. And he's like, you know what, Caleb? You can get a plus one bonus versus that guy because he stole your honey. Oh! <laughs> Critical fail. You stab yourself. <laughs> Alchemical items also fall under equipment, mm -hmm. which um, there's always some. You, like, you don't think about it, but like really everyone should have something like an alchemist fire on them or an acid just so you could toss a ranged touch attack yep. just in case your weapons aren't working against whatever you fight. It, it's very important. When you face some guy with a high DR and you don't have the weapon to get past it, he's got DR bludgeoning, and all you got is this stupid sword. Right. What am I going to do? I got alchemical fire. His touch AC probably ain't as good as his normal AC. Swarms, you know, you get attacked by swarms and everyone's got your martial weapons and the tiny spiders are like, ha you can't touch me. I'm biting you. <laughs> Somehow I can talk. Yay. <laughs> oh, gosh, I can hear them all at once. <laughs> That's when you toss the alchemist fire on yourself and, you know, do the right thing and die in the spider swarm. <laughs> hey, my hands, though, with the rope. So it's good. <laughs> The rope catches on fire, I take it off, I'm good. There's a lot of stuff that can protect you from like diseases and poisons and things like that that also fall under the alchemy stuff. I always suggest reading through it. Look for some useful things because you never know when you're going to need it. And it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Just like a condom. <laughs> okay, this is now sexual educational talk. <laughs> let's, let's, have a, let's have a talk, guys. Magical items. Now, magical items are like the best thing ever that's been a thing. These are your rewards when you get through the end of a dungeon. Da -da -da -da, your link, you got that magical boomerang. <laughs> da -da -da -da, you got the dense fire. Da -da -da -da. A compass? Wow. Oh, how come I can't use this in the other dungeons? <laughs> Why does it break every time I leave and then work when I go back into it? I always imagine you put the compass under his hat because where else would he carry it? That's, that's a good point. Beep. <laughs> I see there is a chest in this room. <laughs> uh, like you can enchant your weapons and armor, obviously, and make them magical. But then there's like... Tons of other things that don't fit into those two categories that we'll right. be talking about. Now, all these items, they all fit into certain slots so that you can't just walk around saying, I have 500 rings. <laughs> I am immune to all kinds of damage. <laughs> and I covered it all in honey. <laughs> I can't move. <laughs> oh, no. It's the bee swarm. <laughs> no, they find me delicious. Run. Run. I sacrifice myself for you. Now, this follows most RPG rules, you know, the slots being your head slot, your chest slot, your, your, your foot slot, your bracelets, your rings, your headbands, things like that. Let's go over them all in totality. That means all of it. Thank you. <laughs> you got your head slot. This is wearing my judge's wig. So now I can make diplomacy intimidate checks on everyone. Um, also, helmets, I think, would fall into the head slot. 
So you can't have two, you can't have your magical wig and cover it with your magical helmet because people need to see your magical wig. It's awesome. That's right. You look like George Washington. <laughs> There's your. Uh, Thank you for inspiring my next character. <laughs> <laughs> Go to a, a, whatever the there is a place that's called America. That's basically America and Pathfinder, and they're straight up like Native Americans and stuff. There. Oh yeah, yeah. It's to the west of Galoron. I forget what it's called though. Well, I'm going there. And yeah, I'm enslaving all the people, just like my forefathers. Or at least bringing blankets to keep them all warm. There, I don't know if this is true, but it's one of those things you find on the internet that Hitler praised the uh, American genocide and how efficient it was. <laughs> Actually, America took a long time to, you know, adopt the lawful definition of genocide because they were afraid that we were going to be blamed for it. But that's for another time. That is for another time. <laughs> that's in our extra, extra credit <laughs> where we condemn our country. <laughs> uh, next, you got your headband slot. Uh, most of, you know, headbands go here, but most of the headbands you get that you're are useful are going to be stat bonuses your int wisdom and charisma can be increased by wearing certain headbands so that's always useful phylacteries also go there they're stupid they're little box strapped to your head and they're dumb <laughs> but they do stuff so you gotta have them uh something with channeling energy i believe but anyway you can't wear don't, don't wear multiple headbands it don't work no. just one you can't be teenage you can't be all of the ninja ninja materials <laughs> why are you watching there you ninja materials <laughs> Right after Pokemon, That's going at the end of the episode. You can't be all the Ninja Turtles. I want to be Raphael and Donatello. You can't be smart and brash. <laughs> then there's the eye slot. This is your goggles where you can see dark vision now all of a sudden. Yay! Woohoo! Um, there's your shoulders, which is your capes. You mm. gotta have a cape. Well, yeah, of course. Because it's my dark hair. My cape's got to be dark and everything about me is dark. And your neato pauldrons so you look like a World of Warcraft character. Dude, you really need this phylactery. No, it, makes, it ruins my look, but it's really going to help you. I said it ruins <laughs> my look. Then there's the next slot. This is your choke collar when you really want to get kinky. Oh, wait, that's not an item? Sorry. <laughs> We're not just, playing Fatal. That's just my character. Uh, uh, this is your, ne your necklace. And by the way, I'm going to give you GMs a tip. There's nothing better than to get like a like say a necklace that increases their speed by thirty feet or something they really want, but make it a girl's necklace. <laughs> so they have to walk around wearing like I'm pretty princess pony necklace. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little hint for you guys you can use that one. Next is your chest slot. This is like tabards and chest wraps. It's kind of varied. This one, and this, it's like bandoliers and mm. shoulder straps that go around your body, things like that. Now, there's certain types of items. Some are called wondrous because they're really good. So the wonder bra is a chest slot item that you want to use. <laughs> it, it really helps with, uh, with uh, intimidating other women or making diplomacy checks against men. <laughs> What's the next slot there, Christian? <laughs> body <laughs> the body slot this robes is body there you go oh robes and, and, and cassocks and, and body wrap okay so i was wrong about the body wrap so your wizard oh, robes gross. there's one called robe of eyes oh i need to read you probably this. get all around vision oh gross Don't, no one get the robe of eyes no one get the robe of eyes ew, 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 ew. click away click away and then there's uh armor slot you know this is the armor you wear that we just talked about yeah and there's the belt this uh, this is your physical. This is like the headband. This is your physical stats. Your strength, dexterity. My belt of giant strength. Now I can hold up these baggy pants. <laughs> always my underwear slot. This is where you only good for intimidate checks. <laughs> you can only show if you put if you don't have anything on your belt. Slot. I hope your enemies don't have scent. <laughs> you got your wrist slots, which is you know your Wonder Woman bracers. Mm-hmm. Yep, Wonder Woman bracers. I like that. Uh, your hands, the gloves. Ring one and ring two. Um, you can only put one ring on each hand, otherwise your arm explodes. 
magical discharge, just, you know, right up to your shoulder. Boom, no more arm. It's, the rings get so close, so don't clap your hands ever. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like two magnets forcing them together, and then just the world ends. <laughs> the enemy pops out. He's like, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Oh! <laughs> Our cleric. Um, and then here's your feet slot. This is your boots of cat's feet, whatever. Are your sandals of being a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> a freaking excuse me uh oh that's probably offensive i'm sorry i'm not um i, I don't think we've alienated enough people i hate russians <laughs> there that's so specific <laughs> there what? now we have two categories of people that won't listen to us anymore <laughs> gotta talk about this the toe slot halflings could take like a feet or something to get a toe slot or is this like a it's a really specific feet i don't even know it's paizo official but you could take a there's there's two ways to increase your ring slots. Um, you you meet a halfling, and I think there's a feat that lets you ring wear rings on your toes, or it could be alternate Rachel tree or something like that. Yeah, and there's um a necklace that's like a petrified hand that is on oh, a necklace chain, cool. and you can put a ring on the petrified hand, oh, and that's it, cool. everyone calls you a freak, but you're like, haha, I have another AC jerkwad. <laughs> <laughs> you freak? Yeah, well, you know what? Because my charisma is now higher, I don't feel bad for that. <laughs> Normally that would cripple me. <laughs> I have social anxiety. Not anymore, thanks to the petrified hand. <laughs> So those are the slots you put your things on. We cannot possibly cover all the items because I believe right now with all all the different books out there, just the official books, not even like the unofficial ones or even the adventure paths, there's 1,816 magic items. Now, there are some things that don't take up slots, and these are the kind of things like potions. These things you just put in your pack and all that, and potions can do a wide variety of things. This is, I want to be a caster, but I'm not a caster caster. I need to heal myself, potion of healing. I need to get rid of poison, potion of poison. I need my weapon to get a plus one bonus. I need to use an oil, magic, whatever. There's a, So there's a bunch of things you can do here that pretty much just imitate spells, one-time uses. And there's also the slotless items that are like, you know, something really unique, like a puzzle box that when you speak a word into it, it shoots out a jet of flame or something like that. I thought we say Jedi. All of a sudden, like a Jedi. <laughs> 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 Come out here, bad guy. I don't care. That's adamantium. <laughs> there goes Jedi. Like, and we can't possibly begin to, like, try and put a standard on slotless items. Just know there's, there's books you can carry around that give you stat bonuses. There's, you know... Anything you could possibly think of and make up is in the slot list. Listen, things that make your character really, really cool are magic items. You got to look through, see some cool things. And uh, what I usually do is, you know, when I use one of these online tools like the SRD, I use a search function. And if I know, like, I'm a rogue and I want something that makes my sneak attack better, I'll look through the magic items and I'll just filter by anything that mentions the word sneak attack. So that way I know that that item pertains to that. And that's kind of a... That's one thing you can use to try and filter through these magic items. Just look for one of the class abilities you want to be better at. You're a cavalier and you want to be better at tactician. See, there's a magic item for that. If you want to be a fighter, and I know there's something that increases your fighter level in reference to armor training, things like that. GMs make the rewards you give your players a magic item that sometimes applies specifically to them. Like that, dude, search for the rogue, think of the rogue, something that's good for him. This is also... Uh, a, a, a good thing I found has worked out well is my players get overwhelmed with how many there are. I literally said to one of my guys, look at look at the entire list. If you want it, let me know. And the guy came back and said, I don't want anything because you just got overwhelmed. So a good thing is like have like an auction come to town and pick some items that you know that your characters might like or might be good for them, what you know is coming up next. Uh, so that's another good way to kind of help your players through picking some of these magic items. Now, just like weapons and everything else in the game, magic items have stats. They have a little stat block that tells you like stuff about the item pertaining to it. We're just going to go through those categories real quick first they're magical they're gonna have a magical aura the aura is gonna say what school of magic it's associated with whether it be transmutation or evocation 
yada yada so illusion. Don't make the amateur mistake where your player says uh, it's tech magic and you say yes, it's magical. No, this is here to tell you yes, and you sense a strong transmutation magic from this one. Ooh, okay. Then there's caster level. This gives you its its level of power and pretty much is just used to give you what your saving throws will be for it. Yeah, if someone happens to target the item, it's caster level determines like its hit points and saving throws and things like that. So that doesn't usually happen. Or if you use it against an item, this is the this the DC they need to make. Right. And if it's a magical, if it's an item that mimics a spell or casts a spell, the caster level tells you what spell, what caster level that spell manifests at. So, you know, Hat of Disguise. It says that it uses the Disguise Self spell with a caster level of one because that's typically what they're made at. So it would be 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes of level, so 10 minutes of Disguise Self. Slot, which is where it needs to be to function. Important note, if you do put something in the wrong slot, it just won't work. You can't put the boots of Featherfall <laughs> on your head and hope it works out for you. There's the price, how much it costs. The weight, how much it weighs. The description, which tells you what the hell this thing even does. Most important part. And then below the stat block will tell you if you want to make this item, if you're someone that can craft magical items and has the requisite feats, what you would need in order to, to create the item. Right. And we won't get into that right now. <laughs> There's specific feats you need to take. You need this correct craft skill. And yeah, you need it's a bunch of To be able to cast certain spells. And Check just... out our episode on skills detailed where I th- it's either that one or extra credit. Where the extra credit. That. The extra yeah. credit where we go through that. Here's something you'll always use. How to break objects. Is a broken magical item? It's just an item. No. And Please. you know that whole, let's make this out of adamantine so it doesn't get broke. Guys, guys, I think we need to have therapy. Christian's really upset right now. Christian, you want to talk about it? All right, listen. <laughs> no, when I play Pathfinder, I like to have fun. And although I think <laughs> sundering is a valid maneuver, don't break objects. It's so annoying to look up the rule. Note that I have never done damaging. I have never had cause to do damaging objects except once when someone casts Shatter, which is a very, very simple spell. There's HP that's variable based on the thickness of the armor. <laughs> so make sure you keep track of that. <laughs> you okay there, Christian? No! <laughs> so the reason you get adamantine is so like it doesn't get broken and stuff. So let's talk about how you do break it. There is... So all items have hit points, just like a character. And the hit points are given via a special table where everything has its own special hit points. Now, it doesn't only have hit points, it has DR, except it's not called DR because that would be too simple. It's called hardness. Hardness is simple. You know, you attack a weapon, you subtract the hardness from the damage you do, and the remaining damage is taken away from the hit points. The hit points is reduced to half or less than the item gains the broken condition. And the broken condition, what that does varies from item to item depending on what it is. Um, and if it has reduced to zero hit points, I think it's like just destroyed. So let's say I've got my light blade, I got a dagger, and you try to sunder it. You do, you ha- you do five points of damage. Because its hardness is 10, you do nothing. You have to do 11 or more points to do anything to it. If you get 11, it's got half hit points now because it started at 2 and now only has 1. Now it's broken. If you do two or uh, 12 or more, you uh, completely destroy the item. Make it unusable. Now when you sunder an object, all objects also have AC. Wow, now we have to hit the AC of the object, which again uh, varies. The object's armor class is equal to 10, plus its size modifier, plus its dexterity modifier. An inanimate object has not only a dexterity of zero, which is a minus five penalty to your AC, but also an additional minus two penalty to your AC because it's inanimate. 
this is fun. I love all this math and minuses and pluses. <laughs> and, you know, you just a special little rule they can throw in here. Furthermore, if you take a full round action to line up a shot on, you know, if you want to really want to sunder something, you get an automatic hit with a melee weapon and a plus five bonus on attack rolls if you're using a ranged weapon to try and break an object. Guys, there's so much salt in this room. I, I can't move. I'm just getting covered in salt. Let's give an example. We have, uh, let's go back to the light blade. The light blade is 10. Its size modifier is zero, right? There's there's uh, there's entire charts for this. You got to look up, guys. Charts, but, charts, 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 charts. So let's say I'm I'm just a human. I'm using a dagger. So it's a medium. So it's plus zero for its size. So it's 10 is its AC. It has no dex modifier because it's an inanimate object. Which is a minus five. So 10 minus seven is three. So the AC is only three to hit the dagger. That's, uh, that's pathetic. <laughs> Um, energy attacks do half damage to most objects. Um, so your fire, lightning, ice, uh, not really good at breaking stuff. Typically metal on metal is going to be more effective. Range weapons also do half damage. You know, another little stipulation you need to remember if you want to do this. Some things, this is a GM's call, but some weapons just can't damage things. I can't use a, a stinking war maul to cut a rope. That's not happening. <laughs> I can't use my dagger to sunder a full metal earthbreaker. <laughs> right. Some objects are immune to non-lethal damage and a critical hit. This is why you build something out of that 19. Now, if your weapon or armor or whatever is magical, you know, you have a plus one sword for plus two sword or whatever. For every plus one enchantment bonus, you get plus two hardness and plus 10 to the hit points. So basically, magic weapons are a lot harder to break. A lot harder. They also have... Items have vulnerability to quote-unquote certain attacks. Certain attacks deal double the normal damage. I think this is like using fire to burn a rope. My, my fire sword might burn that rope. The fire forge steel on fire might, might kill that pretty quickly. Yeah, I don't know, but it doesn't specify. Did you know that objects have saving throws? No, I didn't want to know. I didn't know, unfortunately. <laughs> Magic items uh, always get saving throws. And they're equal to 2 plus their caster level. No, 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 no. This is only if it's unattended, I believe. Yep. If you are wearing it and you are actively attending the item, you like, use you use your saving throw. But if it's unattended and someone's like, I'm going to blow up that dagger. Unless the bonus, if it was unattended, is higher than the one if it's attended. Then you get to have the unattended. So if your sword is better than you, <laughs> at quit the game. <laughs> you start, start playing the sword. If your sword's better than you and you're dealing with breaking objects, stop playing in <laughs> My game. You can go with someone else. Hey, maybe it's your fault. You gave him the sword. Non-magical items don't get saving throws. They always fail. They're always considered to sail, save their failing throw. Man, these are a lot of really niche rules that I'm having a lot of fun memorizing. But again, if you have it, even if even if it isn't magical, it gets your saving throw. That's so interesting. <laughs> so area effects attacks don't harm your equipment. Unless you're rolling natural one. Then you gotta roll the saves. There's some things where you're not going to do attack. Like, I'm going to SWAT style into this room and break down this door. This, you're going to do a strength check. Is there a standard calculation for the break check DCs that we can apply, Caleb? Yes, there is. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> yep. Uh, depending on the size of the object, pretty much. So, breaking out doors here, if it's a fine door. It's a fine door you got going there. <laughs> what? Minus 16, diminutive minus 12. Listen, there are mice characters. Tiny minus 8, small minus 4, large plus 4, huge plus 8, gargantuan plus 12, colossal plus 16. You'll never need this. Actually, no, this of all the item things, this is probably the thing you'll, you'll, you'll hear the most often. I've had my players try to break down doors. This is this is something that you'll actually... In which case, there's just a table for it. 
Just look at the table. But there's certain equipment to do that, by the way. Oh, my God. Oh, is this a crowbar? I get bonuses! Crowbars, portable battering ram. Yeah! (laughs) Wait, oh, maybe mine's not portable. (laughs) That's probably my regular battering ram. You mean I can't use it? I got to have my horse run at it, then disconnect the horse. The thing keeps going, and the horse isn't slamming to the wall. (laughs) But it works really well. Now, we're done. We've talked to you all about objects. You know everything you need to know. Check out the extra credit to talk about specifically what kind of enchantments you can get on your armors and weapons. But aside from that, you guys have everything you need to know to equip your character and not be just a ball of stats or just a ball of equipment to combine those two worlds together to create a character. Yay! Wait, don't clap the rings! What? No! Oh! Oh, gosh! Oh, that, that, that's been all for Pathfinder Academy. We'll see you next time. Stop dropping the roll! Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. Visit our site for other great Pathfinder podcasts. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Eel, why do you roleplay? So I can fulfill my ultimate power fantasies. Guys, so we're all working together equally, and we're all doing it... We are all working together equally? We're all working together equally. Team, I would like to take a vote. Is our security officer undermining my position as team leader? I didn't know you By saying we are all equals. Wait, are you the leader? He is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was my thought earlier when Andrew called him the leader. Here is softly speaking Sanskrit. We know why we roleplay. Why do you roleplay? softlyspeakingsanskrit.com